Hello. Hi. I said it first. You did. I know. I was like, ooh, I'm going to be sneaky. Yeah, beat me to the punch. Yeah. I, although I didn't have an awesome opening song. It's okay. I I did that last week, didn't I? You did do that I last sure week, did. yeah. I mean, it's fresher in my brain than yeah. yours. <laughs> Editing does that. I sing so many songs, too, so it's... Oh, there were many a song sing last week. Oh, yeah. We we are kind of a song podcast. <laughs> we kind of semi-musical podcast. Yeah. Unintentionally musical. Yes. It's in our nature. It really is. I wouldn't have it any other way, though. Me neither. Yeah. Oh, really quick. Yeah. Uh, I I did forget to put my sources or say my sources oh, last yeah, week. Yeah. So I just, you know, we'd like to give, yeah. you know, credit where credit is due. And I did put it in the notes, but I don't know who actually reads the notes. Yeah. So really quick for the Dixboro Ghost episode last week, my sources were Dixboro.com, MLive.com, findagrave.com, an article from the Ann Arbor News by a story by Marilyn Trumper Samra from 2000 called 155-Year-Old Legend Tells of a Ghost Who Lurked in Dixboro, found on AADL.org, and a blog, G Lakes hyphen tales.blogspot.com. Nice. Yeah. That was all that genealogy stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just want to, yeah. Yeah, you got to set your sources. Yeah, exactly. It's important. It is. I think it's the way to go. For sure. Especially now because we're, we're kind of inundated with like information all the time. Oh, absolutely. And I'm a sucker and I'm very gullible. So I do tend to like see or read something and be like, it's absolutely true. And then I have to sit and remind myself. It might not be. I know what you mean. Find a valid source. Yeah. Does anyone still use Snopes? That was like my grandma's favorite thing back in the really? day. Oh my gosh. My grandma loved herself some Snopes. Love she that. would talk about it whenever I saw her. And I think I visited it a few times just to like check it out. I have heard people talk about it in the last year. I've definitely used it. Within the past couple of years. Okay. Couldn't tell you when, mm -hmm. but I definitely remember like using it. So that's a very distinct like web page. I yeah. Like. Kind of like 2003 ish. Absolutely. Yeah. Very basic. Like. Yeah. And there's like a green check mark if it's true and a red yes. X if it's false and then a question mark if they're like, we don't know. Yeah. But it was pretty innovative when it came out. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I think it's a great, like, I think it's still great. I don't use it very often, but I think people need to sometimes. Yeah. I just tend to like look up either a story or if I can't find out that way, then I look up with like, you know, you add a word like right. fake or, you know, something like that. Yeah. Fraud or, you know, things of that nature to see what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the internet. Yes. <laughs> the lovely, lovely internet. Sometimes you love it. Sometimes it's just okay. Mm-hmm. The real bad thing is, and I'm sure there's other people, there's definitely, I've seen literal TikTok videos about this, but people getting their information from TikTok. Yeah. And I do that um, and have to stop myself quite often <laughs> from being like, I read an article. Nope. That was a TikTok. That was a TikTok. I did finally get caught up on my TikTok because like I didn't yes. touch it for like a month. <laughs> you sent a lot of stuff. <laughs> I know because I had like 200 DMs from people. Holy crap. Yeah. So people like I just had like 200 in my DMs and I was just like watched like all most if not all of them today. And that's why because like, my friend Annie texted me. She's like, 
do you just send every TikTok that you watched? And I'm like, no, that was only a fraction. I just like <laughs> was chugging my way through. So those were all ones that somebody else had sent you to? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't looked at my like for you page mm-hmm. since like July. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cause like I don't have notifications on for the app. So I don't know if people send me things. Oh, okay. So I have yeah, to like yeah. choose to go to the app, which I like and prefer that way. I have a nice steady stream that's not usually like overwhelming. And there's really until only... I get on after a month. No, no, it wasn't even that bad. It, there's only like four people who probably actually send me stuff other than occasionally if there's something super yeah, specific, you know, there's a few extra people. But for the most part, it's just the four and I love it. Yeah. So I'm OK. I, I do have my notifications on, but there's not that much. Even, even, if, yeah. even if I make a video, my notifications are not blowing up. We'll just say that. I know what you mean. I'm always like, oh, that was funny. But nobody else thought so. Mm-hmm. I, made I always a, like your TikToks, though. I made a non-funny one because I've decided I don't have a following. I don't I don't have to have a specific type of right. content, so it doesn't matter. I've been making some some travel ones. Love it. <laughs> Only because I'm like, I have all this stuff anyway. And I don't know. I, I like experimenting to see how to use the app. Yeah. I don't particularly love the way that it edits, to be honest. I agree with you. It can it could be a little bit more like intuitive and user friendly. Yeah. Like you can't change sizes of certain things and things like that. And like, I don't know. It just it's not my favorite. Yeah. But I like viewing it. So oh, same. I'm going to keep doing that. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, one one thing, because so one of the things blowing up on there has been uh, and, and we're recording this a week before this is out. I just yeah. want to preface that because. A lot of stuff changes very quickly. Oh, absolutely. So we're coming at this, but uh, the the Gabby Petito, yes. in case, which has just been a crazy wild roller coaster. I know you and producer Patty filled me in on it last week, and I was just like, I, oh my god, I have the hiccup. Sorry. Oh no, no idea that was happening. <laughs> I'm gonna wait a second. You okay? Are you just trying to get rid of them? Yeah, I was just trying to drink water upside down. We'll see if it helps. Okay. Um, but yeah, and you know, there's stuff on that. And once you start following like a thing like that on TikTok, you're like inundated with it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so I've seen a lot. And the thing about it is it is a very sad, you know, thing happening. I do feel for the family a lot. Yeah. But it does also bring to light the fact that there are other people missing. Yeah. That don't get this type of. A, just media attention or social media attention. Yeah. And B, like investigation. Yeah. Because this has been, you know, an actual investigation. And so I came across it. There was an NPR article about that this morning, too. Uh-huh. And I just wanted to share some statistics. Okay. Just for. Yeah. Funsies, not the right word, but just to share them. Information. So I did learn that. So Wyoming is where she unfortunately, well, initially went missing. Yeah. She has since been found, confirmed, blah, blah, blah. I'm dead, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I just want to bring up the fact that in Wyoming, since 2000, since the year 2000, indigenous people make up 21% of the state's homicides. Oh, God. And that doesn't necessarily mean missing homicides, but I mean, a lot of that fraction is going to be missing. Yeah. But they actually only make up 3% of the population. Oh, my God. That's like hella disproportionate. Mm-hmm. And 
only about 30% of the missing indigenous receive any or indigenous people receive any media coverage. Mm. So less than a third with about 51% of the white population usually getting coverage. Ugh. Yeah. So again, that, that was a NPR. I wrote it down. A media fascination with the Petito mystery looks like racism to some Native Americans. And that doesn't I even... I would have to agree. Yeah. And that doesn't even start to co- cover other BIPOC yeah. community members. Because I've seen other stories about, like, uh, there is a young man who went missing in Illinois and, you know, not getting the same coverage. And another one in Arizona, not getting the same cover coverage. Yeah. And... I mean, there's a lot we could, we could talk about it for a very long time, the, the reasons why, but it's blaring yeah. the obvious. Yeah. We do need to have the same investigation standards for anybody who oh, is for missing. Sure. And for any homicides. Yeah. And it's very... I don't know what to do with this information other than talk about it. I think that helps because it's just kind of like getting it out there. Yeah. Talking yeah. about it, like it helps you kind of process how you're feeling about it. And also like informs other people. So I think that's a good mm-hmm. thing to do. And just like media coverage and acknowledging yeah. these people. I went on today too. I went on one of the local news stations just to see who was missing. And there's so many people missing just like in the or- metro Detroit oh, area. Damn. Yeah. It's insane. A lot of them are teenagers. Oh, uh, there was one, I know there was like one woman in her fifties and, but it, there's a lot of people and yeah. there's, you, you know, this short little snippet story and again, not getting like any kind of the same acknowledgement. Yeah. And I think their story, they were on this van trip yeah. across the United States. They're engaged and stuff like that too. Also feeds into it, but yeah. it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's like the more sensational they can make the story, the more they'll care about it, not mm-hmm. actually how tragic is it. Mm-hmm. It is also an interesting study, though, of like what happens with social media, because as of right now, and again, we're recording this week early. So he has uh, since been named a person of interest officially. Now that I would they, hope so. Well, they had to have some actual evidence yeah. before that could happen. And he has also since gone missing from his house. And by missing, I mean, he ran away. Yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah, and they're tr- they're trying to track him down. They think he might be in this nature reserve, and there's been helicopters and again helicopters going over yeah. and circling this giant nature reserve. People being on foot, like all the, all the things right now. But it is also, I mean, like there's literally nowhere for him to go because of the coverage. Yeah, I feel like if he was to go anywhere, somebody would recognize him. So, I don't know. It's just been interesting to watch. Yeah, the information also kind of spread like that. Yeah. it is interesting that we live in a time where like it's not just like channel 7 action news deciding what people see anymore you know it's not like Mm -hmm. news is more people based yeah word of word of mouth but it's word of swipe word of yeah like word of swipe word of word of click clacks on the keyboard yes exactly so just I guess some food for thought yeah and there's a podcast I want to start listening to. I believe it's called Stolen and it's about missing indigenous women. Oh, and nice. Well, not nice that that's happening, but I'm glad there's a yeah, podcast about it. Yeah. So there, there is definitely like material out there. It's just, you kind of have to find it yeah. specifically and it shouldn't be like that necessarily. Yeah. So. 
again, it's a lot. So it's like, I don't have a plan of action, but no. And like, it is a lot. So you kind of have to process, like you can't come up with a plan right away. Yeah. So nice, lighthearted thing to start everything off with today. We have a lot of fun talking this podcast, but it's nice when we can kind of like talk about Mm -hmm. things like this and kind of spread awareness. So I, I think the good news is there is people out there thinking in this way. Yeah. Of like, we need to, you know, do better. Yeah. Like you told that one story. I forget his name right now about that, that young boy who went missing. Juan Sims. Yes. Thank you. If I hear the name, I know exactly what story is, but from the mall, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And I, I know you would, you had information on it, obviously. Yeah. But also, you know, it's, it's still a cold case right now, right? I think so. Cause like, I don't know. Cause there's that one guy who came forward and claimed to be him, but I don't know if he actually ended up being yes. him. Okay. I remember that now. I'll follow up on it before next episode. Just see okay. if there's any updates because yeah. now I'm curious again. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't mean to like, put no, you you're good. Spot. I think I feel like I remember, I like remembered like going back and looking, but I don't remember like actually following up with it, you know? Yeah. 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 So that's homework for me and I'll do it. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. We are sipping on some lovely witch's brew right now. We are. That was also a great transition because I was like, I don't know how we're going to transition right now. So beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yes. Courtesy of Jess. I was having a rough day and she was very nice to stop and get me, get us, get us this bottle of witch's brew and some Reese's pumpkins, which seasonal Reese's are the best ones. Oh, hands down. They're the only ones like I really, I, I mean, I like a Reese's cup. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. But they're the only ones I really want. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, if we're going by like cold stone sizes, there's like it, love it, gotta have it. Mm-hmm. The seasonal ones are the gotta have it. it. Precisely. Exactly. Yeah. Hands down. Like, and then love it is kind of, I love the Reese's Thins. I will say those. I, the too much chocolate. Too much chocolate? I want more peanut butter. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have to say my least favorite are probably the... I don't love, like, I the foil-wrapped ones, only because they're a pain in the ass. There's too many steps they are. Yeah, to get they're, to that candy that I want. They're not my favorite. They're probably the ones I've had the most, though, just because people will have them. And, and that's, like, the easiest one to get the fun flavors, because, like, as I was saying that, I was like, oh. But I do love the foil-wrapped ones, because there's ones that have pretzel bits in them, which, yeah. Oh, I have not had that. I see the pretzel bits, like the big cup ones yeah. at the store all the time. And I'm always like, ooh, maybe. And then for some reason, I never get them. But I the think the big it's, cup just, it's, it's like, it's one big cup. It's like, I want like a handful. Yeah. Well, this is a pretzel one, though, Don't which eat, is the yeah. only reason I've thought about buying because I want, I haven't yeah. had the pretzel ones. But generally, when I'm buying just like, re, like cups, I do really like, well, first of all, if we're going little cups, Trader Joe's has a dark chocolate ooh. one that's like the little cup size. Yeah. Those are really good. Like, really good and you put them in the freezer oh my gosh just yeah and then they also started doing a sunflower butter cup interesting Reese's or Trader Joe's Trader Joe's which actually going back to Reese's do not have the it's like an organic one that's free trade that they just came out with no do not have it not good now I did a taste test with my friend Christina like a month ago Uh where we had that and then she'd also gotten another I forget what the other brand was but a different peanut butter cup also fair trade uh but this it tasted like cheap easter candy 
Oh, like, you know, the like Palmer chocolates they used to have. That's like, what it tasted like. Yeah. Like those weird eggs or whatever. Just like I remember in college, I used to hit that up because I was like, I could just get like a bag of candy for a couple bucks. And it's mm-hmm. like not great, but to get a lot of it. And it's like, it's weird because it was like in like, is that Meyer in the produce section? Not the candy section, the produce, which was just sus. That is really not you know? a good sign. No, it was weird. And I don't know why they do that, but. Yeah, I'm no, I'm just going to call a nope on that one. Um, I don't think I would do it today, but I definitely, I fucked with it in the past. I'm just, I'm much pickier about chocolate now. And like. As you should be. And like I said, I do just for, you know, social reasons, try to go. Yeah. With the Rainforest Alliance or the hopefully Fair Trade and Rainforest Alliance. Yeah. It's, and it's usually really good chocolate too. So oh, like that's sure. part of it as well. I will mess around though with like obviously Reese's or whatever yeah. or like a peanut butter M&M. Ooh, yeah. You know, or regular M&M. But I try not to like too much. I know what you mean. It's, yeah. But yeah, so I try, I, I'm going to say I have like a 90% uh accuracy rate for doing the right thing in those cases yeah <laughs> but 10 percent not yeah it's hard you got you just gotta mm-hmm. like do what you can it's just frustrating that that has to be a choice i think yeah like i wish that was just like the normal is like i don't know treat people who are doing things with crops with respect and right pay them well, fairly and well pay them fairly and also don't like hurt them yeah so so we're getting very <laughs> we're, you were starting a little happy this episode <laughs> we are, we are. but it's because it's rainy today it's yeah rainy. it's it was it's been raining like since last night mm-hmm. a big old supposed branch to go through tomorrow a big old branch fell in my driveway today oh wow the tree above my house i didn't really know what to do with it so i just dragged it to my backyard i'm gonna just let it dry out and cut it up for firewood perfect yeah that's what you do with it yeah um I kind of don't mind. I I don't want it to stay like this necessarily, but I don't mind a couple rainy, cozy days. It was really cozy. It's nice. I'm wearing like pants and a sweatshirt and I'm like, ooh, it's cozy. But I like want to go back to shorts. So I'm not ready to fully commit to pants. I'm not I'm not ready for my Tiva tan line to fully go away yet. I get that. Not because I care about tan lines. It just makes me happy that my feet were outside. Yeah, that is like the hard part about cozy season upcoming is like. You know, there's trade-offs every time because it's like... Mm-hmm. I just want it to come later. I want it to come, but I want it to come later. And then I want it to stay like that and never snow. I'm <laughs> Can I order gonna that? I'm going to break the bad news to you. I don't think that's how this year is going to go. Can it snow for one week and then be done? We can hope. Okay. We can hope, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Okay, fair. I am excited to put my comfy back on, though, when it gets cool enough for that, finally. You're comfy? That blanket hoodie I have. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Mm-hmm. My cry for help <laughs> in the form of a garment. But I have a few stories for you, actually. Oh, interesting. Okay. So. Are we going full spook now because it's spooky season? Is that what we're doing? We talked about this unofficially, but we never like we Yeah, we never like, fully committed. I'm not sure if I'm still fully committed, but I did find some spooky stuff and I'm excited to share. Okay. So I actually, it's 
kind of it is a road trip one too and it's kind of all over the states that what i actually did this week's episode on is ghost towns michigan oh. ghost towns okay i'm in yeah so i have three i kind of i label this part one because like i think it is what urban legends too where i was like it's a part one maybe a part two eventually but don't expect mm-hmm. it like my next episode but yeah um so the first one we're going to talk about have you ever heard of a place called singapore michigan no yeah we're interesting name right yeah it's kind of known as michigan's pompeii interest there were were there volcanoes here i guess Not there volcanoes are, okay but we'll get to it because it was all underwater right pompeii no michigan michigan no, was all underwater no, there, like there's no like because volcanoes only really happen, I think, at like where tectonic plates. No, I know. Moves. That's what I'm saying. It's yeah, like, yeah. and like oh, no. we were underwater. Like that's oh, yeah, Michigan's we like geological thing. We were covered in glaciers. And yeah. that's why we have all the salt. And lakes and yeah. And fossils. Yeah. Tusky stone. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to go like look for Petoskey stones. Yeah. I want to find a Petoskey stone in the wild. Let's do it. Okay. We'll go hunting for Petoskey stones. Yes. Only kind of hunting out there. Yeah. There's other rocks, too, that are cool. There's some that glow under black light. I forget what they're called. Ooh, love that. Like Lake Superior or something. Party rocks. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I really like rocks. Same. So, Singapore, Michigan mm-hmm. was founded by O'Shea Wilder or Wilder. I don't know. You know, it's W-I-L-D-E-R. He was a land surveyor from New York, and his dream was to build a lakeside town to rival the likes of Chicago and Milwaukee. Do we know what a land surveyor is? They're like the people, they survey the land. Oh, land surveyor? Yeah, what'd I say? <laughs> surveyor? I heard lancer bear, like growl. Like- I was like, whoa, he glided. <laughs> he went right over that one. <laughs> oh, no, land that surveyor. That makes, I'm so sorry. You're good, you're good. I will I- get my ears cleaned. <laughs> no, I, like my dad says, he says he doesn't speak, Alex. I talk very fast and very like blah, 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 blah. So mm-hmm. I think that's also a regional thing, though, too. I think it's a regional thing. And I think it's a um, kind of a generational thing because I've also been told I, <laughs> I studied abroad in Australia and I had like a home host. Like I lived in this woman's apartment with her for a month. Love that. And I remember she she complained about how fast I talked. She's like, Jessica, slow down slow down <laughs> yeah. i can't do it wait it's, it's it's a hard phrase to say jessica slow down oh uh, slow, slow i can do like other words it, that's there's like it's australian, a hard way to jump into it yeah i was gonna say australian there's like words i can do or like i can do the alphabet <laughs> i bye say die i i like that i and a I. are the same oh yeah we're not an accents podcast. Even though, no, definitely not. As, we try as our was best. represented last week. We try our best, but I do love trying an accent, like trying to. Oh learn. yeah, so right, because it, it's come on the journey with us. Exactly, you're along for the ride. <laughs> um. So the land surveyor by the name of O'Shea Wilder, his dream was to build the lakeside town to rival the likes of Chicago, Milwaukee. Mm. Singapore was located just north of Sagatuck near where like the Kalamazoo River flows into Lake Michigan. Okay. And the name Singapore was chosen because it was an exotic foreign locale as a way to attract people to as a way to attract people and trade to the town. Was this like in the 1920s or whatever when they this were This was like, like the 1800s. Wow. 
Yeah. Do you think they just spun a globe and like let their finger land? I hope so. <laughs> I hope they had globes back. Do you think they had globes back? In the 1800s? Yeah, they definitely had globes. I just kind of like wonder what's on them, you know? I'd love oh, to very see globes. different, yeah. I do have an at- I do a book that's an atlas that shows like maps throughout the ages. That's fun. Yeah. I do love maps. Same. Always it's weird how at. they change. I mean, it's not weird. Like, it makes sense. But it's also, like, interesting. That's a better word, how they change. I do remember once in my public school education when I was, like, flipping through a textbook and I knew it was outdated when I found the USSR on the map. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah I, I think I had a textbook, too, actually, and being like, mm. Given it's not too out of date, because, like, what, the Berlin Wall came down. I don't know. Is that related? Did the USSR fall with the Berlin Wall? I don't think at the same time, I think they're... Cousin Jerry is screaming again. Yeah. Well, the Berlin Wall was 80... I feel like it was 90s, wasn't it? No, the Berlin Wall was in the 80s. I think okay. it was, like, 88, but I... Well, not... Okay, we have computer. We're literally sitting at computers. Okay. 1989. That makes sense. Okay. Oh, wait a minute. No, yeah. So, yeah. Divided... Uh, yeah, 61 to 89. So, 89. Okay. Yeah. I knew it was the late 80s. I just couldn't remember... Yeah. Which second number? <laughs> I'm thinking, I think the Cold War ended the 90s. 91. Okay, there we go. Yeah. But back to Singapore. Singapore, Michigan, not to be confused. I love that Michigan loves to steal things because every time my parents, every time people are like, where do your parents live? I'm like, Brooklyn. I'm like, oh yeah. I'm like, no, Michigan. Still and Michigan. Like, hell. Hell. Hell, Michigan. Hell's fun. It is. I went on a 5K. I went on a 5K. I ran a 5K there once. You ran from hell? Yeah, I ran from hell. And it was at a horse farm or something. I made friends with a horse first. It was fun. Hell horses? Sure. Is that what they're called? I don't know. Oh, I have no idea. It was my cousin's wedding day, too. So I woke up at the hotel. This is the only reason I went because I was already nearby. Yeah. So I went on a little 5K and it was one of my favorite ones. I bet. Yeah. Hell's a fun city. I went to the ice cream shop a couple times. See, I didn't go to the actual city. I don't know if there is much of a city, but I went to the ice cream shop. Did you get a cool t-shirt? No, I didn't get a cool t-shirt, but I got a cool so ice cream. I went to like hell and all syrup. I got was this dumb t-shirt. Uh, <laughs> love it. Bring on the cheese. Right. Bring That's on right. that type of cheese. Bring on actual cheese. Just bring all the cheese. Absolutely. Who am I to disagree? Uh, I just... <laughs> Uh, we stand. This episode's done. We, we've, <laughs> we've got it. We got the cheese pun. But no, so Singapore chose mm-hmm. the name because it's exotic. And it kind of worked. People kind of started coming to the town because of the name. And like they attracted some trade, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it had the effect they wanted. But in 1842, a blizzard that lasted 40 days. Nope. 40 Day struck the town. Did somebody build like an ark and put all the animals on it or? Does involve a boat. Oh. So it almost wiped out the town. But a ship that went down in the area had enough food to like help the town through like the blizzard. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. Right? Sad for that ship. Right. But it, you know. Worked for Singapore. Right. Their luck wouldn't hold out too much longer, though. So, like, they did survive the blizzard. And oddly enough, what kind of caused the demise of Singapore was fire, like the fires that swept through Chicago and Holland. You know, like the big Chicago fire that yeah. like, burned the whole city down. Yeah. So, what happened was Singapore was a lumber town and okay. it was close to both Chicago and Holland. 
And after the fires, nearly all the land surrounding the city was deforested to help rebuild the other cities. Because of this, though, there were some effects on Singapore, mainly the protection that the trees offered from the the wind and the sand Mm -hmm. was now gone. So there was nothing stopping those winds from blowing all the sand into the town. And so the sand was like starting to erode shit away and cover the city. Yeah. And just in just four years, most of the city was lost to the sand. Yeah. Thanks. Sand is crazy, though. I mean, oh, like, yeah. legitimately, it's yeah, it's wild what sand does. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's all fun and games to get sand blown at you for four years. Yeah. Um, so the town was vacated in 1875. Mm-hmm. And there was a legend that one resident refused to leave and he stayed even when the sand blocked the lower level of his house. He just would like enter and exit the structure from like the second floor windows. Uh. And then it was said he stayed until the sand reached the roof and was forced to leave. So he was like really so he holding like out. Almost buried himself alive. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. Oh. So it's said that there's remnants of like there were three sawmills, two hotels, a bank, a general store, and Michigan's first schoolhouse. Oh wow. Are just kind of chilling underneath the sand north of Sagatuck, underneath the sand weeds and grass. Weird. So in the early 1900s, they were building a new river channel. And when they were like digging it out, they like started coming across like buried cottages and other buildings that were like there. underneath the yeah. sand. Yeah. And also, even to this day, there's some like odd-shaped dunes north of Sagatuck that are said to be hiding some of the remnants of Singapore. Weird. So that's kind of why it's called Michigan's Pompeii. It wasn't buried in like ash and lava; it was just buried in sand. Okay. Yeah, and like the only like really like thing that exists in the area to the day that has any hint is the Singapore Yacht Club. Huh. So that was ghost town number one. Mm-hmm. If Michigan's gonna have a Pompeii, we may as well have an Atlantis too. Okay. I'm yeah. Here. Have you heard of the uh, city of Rawsonville? No. So, not surprised. Uh, so, it was founded in the early 1800s, first as Snow's Landing, and then in 1838, it was changed to Rawsonville. Mm-hmm. That same year, the Van Buren Post Office was moved there, assuming the Rawsonville name as well. The city kind of peaked during the Civil War times, and at one point, the city boasted a grist mill, a sawmill, a stove factory, a wagon maker, and two copper shops. That's so exciting because we learned what a grist mill was last week. Yes, I was literally thinking that as researching. I was like, don't have to explain it. We know from last week. So what happened to Rossonville, though, by the 1880, railroads were starting to like happen around the state. Rossonville tried to attract a railroad line to the town, but was unsuccessful. This led to the town becoming effectively an economic dead zone. Okay. Because it was, you know. Couldn't get there. Right. Yeah. Or at least easily. Yeah. So shops and businesses would slowly start closing up shop and moving elsewhere. The post office closed in 1895. By 1900s, there were few residents left. And it looked like Rossonville was fast on its way to be... A ghost town. Okay. But here's where things get interesting. So in 1925, Detroit Edison was looking to make a dam, like a hydroelectric dam. Uh-huh. And so the dam, the French Landing Hydroelectric Dam, they're like, let's build it. They're going to dam 
up the Huron River and they're going to make an artificial lake called Belleville Lake. What a damn fine idea. Right. The problem was when they dammed it up, it covered the town of Rossonville in oh, water. Oh, no. So basically just like sank this city. They sank this city. It's said that underneath the water, the sawmill, the gristmill, the factories, the general stores and saloons all submerged and remain there to this day. All that's left of this town to let people know that it existed at one point is there is a historical marker outside the local McDonald's that's on Rossonville Road. So they also got a road. I like that the historical marker is outside of McDonald's. Yeah, I thought that was funny too. Go get some chicken nuggets and right. read that thing. Learn about history. Yeah. And like just to follow up on that dam, it was used until 1962 when it was decommissioned. But in 18, nope. In 1981, the property and the dam were donated to the township. And by 1988, they had the dam up and operational again, and it's still going to this day. Oh, wow. So at least it's still being used and not like, you know. Yeah. Just sitting there. It submerge the town for nothing. Yeah. I would love to go like snorkeling or scuba diving down there, you know, just go check it out. See this like underwater ghost town. How far down do we think it is? I feel like it can't be that deep. Okay. You know? If it wasn't that deep, I'd be into it. Yeah. I'm intrigued by it, but I'm still scared of scuba diving, so. (laughs) Fair. Fair enough. I think I was drowned in a past life or something because. It's it's very possible. Okay. So we're getting to our third and final ghost town, but this one's the most interesting. I saved it. Yeah. For part one. Mm -hmm. I kind of saved it for last because this one is the most interesting. It has some ooky spookies. Okay. So this town is called Pear Cheney, mm-hmm. and it was settled as a lumber town in 1869. It was founded in 1874 by George Cheney. Okay. Uh, some other known names is Cheney or Center Plains, and it was a village in Crawford County, not too far from Grayling, Michigan. Oh, okay. So up north, kind of central, lower peninsula. Yeah. And they actually were the seat of the county for a bit. Oh. Much to Grayling's disappointment, but they got it eventually. So George Cheney, he received a land grant from the Michigan Railroad Company to create a stop along the railroad. Mm -hmm. The village had a general store, sawmills, a hotel, and a post office. The population was about 1,500 people by the end of the 1870s. But what happened then was in 1893... A diphtheria outbreak spread through the air of the village and wiped out a good portion of the population. Oh, no. The village did what it could to try and, like, you know, recover and whatever, but fate was not making it easy for them because, like, fires broke out during this time and damaged much of the village. Mm -hmm. And it said that the fires were caused by sparks from the village mills. Another four years pass. It's now 1897, and another epidemic sweeps the city. And another four years again, Mm. it happened again in 1901. Wow. This left the town with a population of only 25 people. So in 30 years, it's down from 1,500 to 25. That's quite the decrease. Right? Yeah. The village did not give up quite yet, though. They would make it until 1917 when the population was under 20 people. The Mm. remaining people packed up their belongings and moved the 10 miles to Grayling. Okay. The land was then sold at public auction and nothing seemed to ever been done with it. All that was left of the town really was the cemetery. Oh. 
So it seems like a lot of bad luck for one small town, right? Yeah, and a very full cemetery. Right. But there's a theory as to why that is. Okay. So it was said the village at one point also had a witch. Oh. Some reports say that she also had a child out of wedlock, which I How guess dare was, she? That's so horrible. They thought so, apparently, and they banished her from the city. Yeah. And she was banished to the woods with her child, and apparently the child died because of being banished to the woods. Yeah. So the witch was like... Probably real mad. Hella pissed, yeah. obviously. And so she returned and cursed the town. Good for her. Honestly, yeah. But like not long after she did this, it was when the first wave of the disease and the disease and the fires kind of started happening. I mean... And one report said the epidemic took out a disproportionate number of children. Kind of like, if I can't have my child, neither can you. Okay, I don't agree with that part. Yeah, that's a little like Attack shitty. Attack the but... ones who attacked you, but not... Right. It's a little too eye for an eye, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And... There was also a theory that the town was set on fire from people from surrounding towns to contain the disease. Oh. They were like, we got to just take this town out. That's Right. Other believed that the fires were from the witch. But did the town learn their lesson? No. Of course not. (laughs) They had the witch hanged and bury her body in the cemetery. After that. (laughs) Nice and central. Right. After that, more disease outbreaks occurred. And it's also when people started noticing weird things in the cemetery. It's a small cemetery. I guess there's like about 90 people buried there. Oh, okay. And many of the headstones are missing or damaged because vandals, you know, whatever. But people have claimed to have seen ghosts, figures, glowing orbs, lights, hearing voices. And this is the creepiest one. There's also reports of people hearing children laughing and then finding handprints on their cars. Oh, no. The handprints. No, the handprints. Yeah. Oh, every handprint thing is always the creepiest. Yeah. Second only to dolls. Yeah. So the town is now abandoned. The graveyard vandalized. And there were reports that people were even trying to dig up the graves, trying to find like jewelry and valuables or whatever. So just like. Robbing. yeah, Yeah. Grave robbing. And the weirdest part is, to this day, the only vegetation said to grow in the town anymore is, like, this green moss. Ooh, so like that's very witchy. Right? Like, a lot of the town is just covered in this green moss. So there's no, like, trees or anything? I don't think so. It just made it sound like it's just, like, moss. That's, like, the only thing that really grows there anymore. Wow. Yeah. That is spooky. That's, like, the spookiest thing. Right? Right? Like, it's wow. just, like... Like, I feel like it's just kind of like, this land is so cursed that nothing productive can ever happen here again. I don't know. Moss is pretty productive, though. Well, no, no. I'm just saying, like, don't settle this land anymore. Moss oh, yeah, is yeah. taking it. The witch is taking it. It's, it's hers, hers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of it for Pear Cheney and also part one of the ghost towns. Oh, that was interesting. Very unexpected, but I like it. Right? Like... I just love that we have a Pompeii and an Atlantis, and then there's just this last one with the Moss witch. Town. Yeah, Moss Town. Do you um, need to get away? Come to Moss Town. Yes. I was just thinking there's an Adam Lambert song called Ghost Town that's really good. Okay. Now I know my heart is a ghost town. Bum, bum, bum. But before I get too lost in song, here's my laundry list of sources. Yes. 
Click on Detroit.com, two articles from there. Uh, the Detroit Free Press, Thrillist, uh, TheLineup.com, three articles from MLive, a place called Rome.com, 99WFMK.com, two articles from they there. They have the best spooky articles. Like, they really they're do. They're a good starting place. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like you have to do a little deeper dive, but they, oh, excellent starting point. Oh, absolutely. That's like, I think I got started the Atlantis one. Yeah. Ghosttowns.com and onlyinyourstate.com and of course a dash of Wikipedia. I love it. Right? Yeah. I just like started falling on this rabbit hole of like ghost towns in Michigan. These were the three I was like, mm-hmm. this, this makes for a good story. I, I love it. I'm very intrigued. I've never heard of, I've heard of a couple ghost towns but in Michigan, but I haven't heard of those ones. So yeah. I'm very happy with that. Right? Uh, thank you for sharing that. No problem. That was wonderful. Yeah. And I think you have more than earned a little game. Yay. And we're going to keep it going with the spooky theme. Hell yeah. And also, I took some inspiration from your two truths from last week, which was about an author. So, oh, I'm going to see if you can guess this author, actually. Okay, okay. I'm going to give you a quote. So a game within a game. Yes. I'll give you one quote, and if you don't, I'll give you a second. I almost said RuPaul because I was like, All-Star 6. That's what you said all season. Game within the game. <laughs> Here's the quote. Those who dream by day are cognizant of many things which escape those who dream only by night. Is it Poe? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I had a feeling you would get it. That's why I was like... Even before you read the quote, I was like, it's probably Poe. I know, I know. I, can't, I, I said but it was the, a spooky author. The, and like, the quote solidified. a very small handful of like spooky authors. Yeah. So here are your facts. Yes. Number one, he married his second cousin, Florence. Number two, he was the son of two actors named David and Elizabeth Poe. Number three, he served two years in the army in 1827. I'm going to go with number two being a lie because I know the second cousin thing is true, unfortunately. Number two is actually true. Okay. And he was born in 1809, but unfortunately his father uh, had a little bit of substance abuse problems and he ran out of the family just after Edgar was born. And his mother died of tuberculosis when he was about roughly two years old. God, no wonder he's so morbid. Yeah. Eventually, though, a wealthy tobacco merchant named John Allen and his wife, Frances, took him in and he took on their surname, which is how he got Allen as a middle name. Yeah. Yeah. So number three, then? Number three is true. Damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't, he actually did go away to school and despite being from a wealthy family at this point, he was not able to afford it as they would only cover part of it. Yeah. So he actually took up gambling to be able to pay for an education at the university of Virginia, but it still didn't really work out. So in 1826, he left, he had to drop out of school and this caused problems with his father, John Allen. So he enlisted and in 1827, he was in the army. It's shade. I call shade. Yeah. Like the stepdad's going to be pissed because like. Not stepdad. Adoptive. Adoptive father. Yeah. Yeah. So father. Yeah. Father was pissed because I'm not helping you pay for school, but I'm pissed you can't afford school. Yeah. Shade. Yeah. No, they helped. They helped. They helped. They just didn't facilitate at all. That's true. And I don't know what portion or anything like that. Right. But yeah, no. Yeah. Also, though, gambling is not always the best. No. Yeah. It, it's 
I mean, it's literally gambling. (laughs) Right. It could work out really well and it could work out terribly. So, Mm. right. So he was not married to his second cousin, Florence. He was married to his first cousin. That's what it is. Yeah. I knew it was some kind of cousin loving. He was kissing cousins and not in like it the, gets worse. The, just the saying way. Oh god, they have blue children. Well, I mean, I don't know if they had children. But if they did, they something was wrong. It actually depends because I remember learning this in genetics that if you're cross cousins, it's not as big of a deal. It's still frowned upon, obviously. Yeah. Well, and actually, now that I'm thinking, I'm wondering if this was biological cousin or. Adopted cousin. That could make a huge difference. Because he might not have known his biological cousins, but I think he would be more likely to know his, you know, uh, other cousin, his, the family he was adopted into cousins. Okay. So I don't know. I don't know. Less weird if they're not blood related. That's, that's. It's still not great, but it's less weird. If we can accept that in Clueless that they're going to get together. That's true. We can accept that. They're so separated. It's. Yeah. But I am going to make it weird They now. are both dead, so it's fine. We are going to make it weird now, though. Okay, cool, cool, cool. So at age 27, he had just gotten back from his time in the Army. Yeah. And that's when he met Virginia Clem, who at the time was six years old. Pause before you react. Seven years later, in 1836, they married. So she was... 12? 13. 13? Now we can... No. Now you can react. So he married his 13-year-old cousin? Yep. And he would have been 34, I think, if I'm doing the math correctly. Yikes. And again, I, this is from a short article on Montefloss. So, like, this is what I received from there, yeah. the information there. So it might be a little bit off, but she was vastly younger because nobody nobody cared that it was his cousin. It was kind of happening then. But everybody was like, she is too young. I'm glad that they were that like, she's gross. too young then. Cause I know like sometimes back in the day they were like, yeah, sure. Whatever. She's, you know, she can speak. She's old enough. Like, ugh. yeah. But I think even by the 1800s, that was getting like less. I think that's yeah. more like the 1600s. Yeah. And I think by the 1800s, you didn't make it, was, it past 30 in the 1600s sometimes, you know? Yeah. I mean, in the 1800s, I think it was still way too young, but like, oh, absolutely. Um, like they were probably marrying like 16 year olds. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm pretending I know anything. But yeah, so that's nasty. It made me real sad to read that. I do have a couple other fun facts, though, so maybe we can leave a better taste in our mouth. Yeah. So he actually wrote love poems at one point in his earlier poem writing career. It was all love poems. Only later did he turn to writing about the human psyche. Okay. He loved ciphers and code breaking. That doesn't shock me. No, not at all. He actually influenced Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay. Yeah. So he wrote the, Poe wrote the first detective stories, actually. Interesting. And he wrote a short story called The Murders in the Rue Morgue in 1841. And it was a a true crime story about an amateur detective named C. Auguste Dupin. Okay. And he was the main character. And then he followed it up with two more detective stories about Dupin. And in about 1824, I wrote 1824-44. I don't think that's right. But he followed up with two stories. Arthur Conan Doyle would later credit Poe as an influence. Okay. Uh, His death is actually still somewhat of a mystery. Okay. So he passed on October 7th, 1849 at the age of, I think it was 40, but I'm just off the top of my head. Yeah. And four days before he was actually found at a Baltimore polling place that was associated with something called cooping. 
which was a fraudulent voting practice where victims were drugged and forced to vote a specific way in multiple different locations. Gross. Yeah. And during the sighting, he was dressed in very shabby clothing and they were not his. And he was found delirious. That's a spooky. Mm -hmm. He was never known to explain this incident to anybody and passed away four days later. Okay. Something went, something happened. That ain't right. Yeah. Quote the Raven. Nevermore. Right. Uh, I do love every once in a while when that meme goes around of quote the Raven and it's just Raven smell going, you're nasty. <laughs> I'm like, that's a Raven. Yeah. Uh, and actually, I'm going to end it with a Raven fun fact. Oh, yay. So the Raven that inspired Edgar Allan Poe's poem was named Grip. He was Charles Dickens' pet. Love that. Yeah. And that's all mental floss. Yeah. So I'm glad that matched the theme, sort of. Yeah. Spooky, spooky. Yeah. Well. Yes. I think that wraps us. Yes. Like these Reese's cups that are tantalizing my view in front of me. I don't <laughs> oh, know if that makes indeed. sense, but I just keep looking down on them. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> You've got a mission. I do. We, we got to get to that mission. Yeah. But if you want to follow us on our social media, follow us at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and Detroit Strange at gmail.com. Is our email address. Uh, and if you want to support the show. Please do. We got Patreon. What? We got Threadless Shop. Hell yeah. What? Um, We both individually have Venmos. What? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And you can always head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Those are incredibly helpful. And that's free. And it's totally 100% free. And we would be very grateful. Love it. But I think until next time, stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Sax and Violence.